this episode of Recorded is brought to you in partnership with the NYUAD Art Center. When there is no mainstream, where people are coming from so many different backgrounds with so many different levels of experience, so many different cultural orientations, so many different tastes, uh, there's no mainstream to pander to. Um, and so then you have to figure out what is your point of view. Bill Braggin arrived in Abu Dhabi in 2014. His mission as NYUAD Art Center's first executive director was to bring performance art to the city. Not just any performance art, performance art that challenged the audience, excelled in its field, and pushed the boundaries of the genre itself. This season's performances are no different. Over two episodes, we'll meet some of the artists and performers to give you a taste of what's on offer. I'm Razmik Bedirian, arts and culture writer at The National. This week, we're talking about the audience's role in these performances. The Emirati community has embraced this incredibly dynamic pace of change. Uh, and so within the local community, I think that's part of the fabric. But everybody who's here who's an expat has come from somewhere else, and they've taken that chance to leave their home and to come to the UAE for whatever the opportunity is that's in front of them. And so there is something that is in the sort of psychographic of the community that is about a certain amount of embracing the unknown. So that, for me, is something I really wanted to embrace for our programming. The NYUAD Art Center program consists of an eclectic mix of artists. Most people won't have heard of the names. That doesn't mean they are unknowns. Every artist that arrives here has built a reputation of making engaging art, acclaimed in their own fields and often famous in their home countries. One of the artists in the 2019-2020 program is Kit Koala who gained recognition as a scratch DJ in the 2000s. Back then, he was working with bands like the Gorillas, making scores for Hollywood movies, and supporting some of the biggest bands of the early century. I remember very succinctly uh, being six or seven years old, uh, just watching Charlie Chaplin films with my family. And that, would, that was a time when uh, my, my grandparents were still around, you know, my, my sister and I were around, and my parents were around, and, and it was, one of those times where, as a family, we'd all watch this, you know, these, these films, and everybody, you know, including my grandmother, didn't speak any English or anything, so we wouldn't watch uh, dialogue movies with her. We'd just watch these Charlie Chaplin movies. But I remember um, realizing that, hey, this is something that all three generations are enjoying equally, you know, to the same level, perhaps for different reasons. Uh, maybe the kids like more of the slapstick side, the parents like maybe the, the, the romantic story, um, the, the grandparents like the nostalgic side, whatever, you know. Um, but I remember all everybody like laughing and crying together. And it was like this <laughs> kind of really um, beautiful moment. Uh, those are some of my fondest childhood memories. Kit Koala has come a long way from his early scratch records. Now living in Montreal with his wife and two kids, his latest artwork sees 14 people performing a live puppet show complete with music, lighting, and action sequences called The Storyville Mosquito. 
fast forward several decades, this is where I'm at now. I have my own children and, and we're also looking for things to bring them to that we, we can enjoy, you know, to, to equal amount. Uh, when, when it does happen, it, it seems like a rare moment, but very special one for us when we'll go see a theater production then or, or something, a dance show or a concert and everybody, uh, takes away that joy from it regardless of age or you know demographic i think that's that was pretty key so that's still very much like a goal for me especially with shows like nephonia and storyville mosquito kit koala understands the importance of the audience one of his earlier shows involved inviting the audience to sit at turntables and take part in the performance he wanted to give spectators the freedom to scratch and play records as a part of the larger orchestra. Exciting performances like Kit Koala's define the season's agenda. And Bill Bragan wants the artists he brings to challenge the audience. But how much is too much? I don't know how challenging is too challenging for the audience. It's very much a gut thing. I want work that's going to be compelling, but I also want work that people haven't seen before. I think that one of the things that we defined pretty early on is that we were going to be an art center that was oriented towards contemporary performance. For Bill, sometimes the performances he brings to NYUAD Art Center are difficult to explain, but hopefully the experience speaks for itself. So uh, a few seasons ago, we presented a piece by Tan El Khoury, who's a Lebanese artist. Uh, it was a piece called Garden Speak, and it was an immersive performance installation for only 10 audience members at one time that was about uh, people who had been killed in the first Syrian uprising. So it was very charged politically. It was very emotionally charged because it's dealing with a really, a really just horrific uh, context. And the form itself, it's portrayed as theater, but there were no performers in it. So people stepped into a room. There was an installation that essentially had a plot of earth and 10 tombstones. And people, when they were, when they were entering, were given a card with somebody's name written on it in Arabic. They were then asked to find the grave of the person whose card they were given, and then to lay in the dirt to hear an oral history that was being told in the voice of somebody who was killed, as recreated by their friends and loved ones. The volume of the recording was so low that the only way to actually hear it was to be lying in the earth with your head to the ground, clearing the earth away, so that you're having this one-on-one experience with essentially a voice from the grave. It's a very, very difficult piece. That piece was one that, again, the question of how are people going to respond to it as a form? Again, it's not something that is easy to explain to people. It just took me a long time to explain it right there. Uh, it's a very difficult emotional and political topic. Uh, and I had no idea what was going to happen. We ended up getting an amazing response. Tanya is a brilliant artist. Another musician to make the season's cut was Khaki King. Rolling Stone magazine described her as being a genre unto herself. Despite her years of musical experience, she tells us how her creative process is still evolving. Her performance really pushes the boundaries of what a guitar can do, using that one instrument to make an eclectic mix of sounds. 
For the audience, her talent is a spectacle to behold. It's been over over 35 years that I've been a guitar player and um, you know when you when you grow up doing something and you continue to do it and you continue to be baffled by it and challenged by it and fascinated by it it just seems like it's not something it's this is not something that I'm fully in control of I think the guitar wants to see, say something and it decides how to say it through my playing and I mean this metaphorically and I don't mean this in a kind of super spooky way Art can be used to connect the audience to experiences they wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. After Kaniza Schall and Christopher Myers heard the stories of migrant youth in Munich, they wanted to bring the experiences of migration to a wider audience. The show Cartography was born. We thought a lot about how storytelling is such a part of the process of people moving, of the stories that that give you fuel to... Um, traverse great lengths, the stories that you have to tell at every single border that you cross. And for me, my family is from Rwanda, from East Africa, and fled during the 1960s and lived as refugees in Burundi. And there are so many stories that were kind of the fuel and the foundation of how the family thought about their exile. And I grew up visiting my family in Burundi, and it was not until after the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi that any families were able to repatriate. And so even within, even within thinking with my own family about how story has functioned as our processing of exile and repatriation, there was a way that story was this commonality that we could all think about the histories that brought us into the room together. Art doesn't just challenge the audience. Art can challenge preconceptions within society. One of the shows from this year's NYUAD Art Center program came from a small town in Ethiopia. Bishu is one half of Circus Abyssinia, a circus company he runs with his brother Bibi. He spoke to us about the journey into circus life as an alternative to the expected path. Especially African families, is literally, oh, you have to be a doctor, you have to be uh, an accountant. That's what they expect. So <laughs> it was really hard to come out of that bound uh, tradition. And uh, but um, nowadays it's actually yes, um, uh, my dad is happy, especially seeing all the guys, uh, the, the, the guys, the acrobats coming out with us and going back and then changing their life. It's funny. My mom is always supportive. She kind of know we're not gonna go. We're not gonna change our mind. For me, especially that was the circus was the only way I can express myself. As soon as I got into the stage, it's literally that that's the time I had. That's where I feel safe. That's where I can tell my story and without uh, saying any word. Um, so I, I, I see circus more than literally making a living out. Watching Circus Abyssinia perform takes you on a journey as you witness their death-defying acrobatics. As the audience claps along, it's clear they're integral to the performance. To all these performances, the audience is key. But in an increasingly digital world, is art a dying genre? Wherever it is, there is still a demand for live performance. I think it's that having to be able to see the passion, what people actually, when you sit on a stage and see a live performance, and you can see their dedication and the sweat 
every single thing that person is trying to tell you live instead of seeing on a video. Thank you to Bill Bragan and all the artists and performers from the NYUAD Art Center program. To learn more about the NYUAD Art Center's programming, please visit www.nyuad-artcenter.org. You can subscribe to our podcast at thenational.ae or find us on your favorite podcasting app. This podcast was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. I've been your host, Razmik Bedirian.